Information never sleeps. You call down the thunder, well now you've got it. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution Radio! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. On the go? Still want to listen? Don't have one of those fancy phones with too many buttons. Don't know what an app is? Or you don't even care? Well, we got you here at Revolution Radio. Now you can dial in 24-7 to listen to our shows. We have a number for Studio A and Studio B. And best of all, it's free. Don't forget, your carrier charges for your cell phone provider may apply, though. So check with your cell provider to make sure. So ready? Here you go. Get a pen. Here's the number. Studio A is 712-432-6958, and Studio B is 716-748-0112. Thank you very much for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station in the world. Take a look around, kid. What do you see? Homes being foreclosed. People working two, three jobs just to put food on the table and still drowning in debt. Don't get me wrong. This country is founded on great ideals and principles. They've all been ruined by the banks. Open your eyes to the banks that are robbing you. You know who my favorite president was? Who? Alice Jefferson. Because he saw all of this coming and tried to stop it. He fought the banks. JFK too, and they killed him for it. The banking institution is more dangerous than an army, he said. He also said that every generation needs a revolution, Jimmy. The American dream is just that. Just a dream. War is a continuation of politics, only by other means. Politics is a continuation of economics by other means. This is our bank. This is our war. And this is our plan of attack. Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the Internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution, Revolution. Radio!
co-host in Nicholas Commune. We take it in turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a civil majority in the case of purely internal affairs. Be quiet. But by a two-thirds majority in the case of more... Be quiet. I order you to be quiet. Look, you stupid bastard. You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look. Just a flesh wound. I don't believe I've ever seen such a display of courage, skill, nerve, grace, stupidity. I'll do you for that. Oh, what? Come here. What are you going to do? Bleed on me? I'm invincible. You're a loony. The Black Knight's always triumph. Welcome one, welcome all. And it is that time for Roundtable Live here at RevolutionRadioFreedomSlips.com. Be rolling on until 4 a.m. in the morning Eastern time. New ideas, different hosts every night, different subjects every night. You never know what's going to happen right here at the Roundtable Live. King Arthur has nothing on us. We're going round and round. the night and into the light from the southeastern forest all the way to the high desert in the west that's right me and keith are bringing it to you i am thomas wolf major tom in chat and i have my lovely assistant and awesome co-host and producer to the show keith <laughs> I'm energetic. I'm well, alive, you dude. are. You have good energy, my friend. I, I don't know about the term lovely, but... Uh. <laughs> uh, no, don't sell yourself short now. This is Revolution Radio. <laughs> oh, How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Uh, not great, but not bad. You know, life is just cruising along. Uh, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot to be said for being kind of on a, a stable, balanced... Uh, you know, path. And earlier in my life, I tended to go from extremes, you know, of uh, being very happy to being sad. And, you know, I think uh, there's a lot to be said for, you know, being, uh, you know, having things pretty, pretty stable. What is stable nowadays? We'll get into that later. Right now, Keith and myself have a lovely. I keep sorry. There it is again. We have well, in, great... in 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 our guest case. Uh, lovely is uh, absolutely a great term. But then she's gonna say, Thomas, you use lovely too much. Get a dictionary, sir. Find a better. <laughs> <laughs> I will, Mister Long. I will. But right now, I wanted to say you're tuned in to Studio A here on FreedomSlips.com, Revolution Radio, the radio of the people. For the people and by the people. We are alternative media. We are public radio. We are whatever you want us to be. Is that right? Uh, mostly. I, we're not really public radio. It is owned by uh, our station owner, Mike Ringley. What we are is uh, donation supported. And we are at uh, $2,039. So we're most of the way there to our station goal of 2800 So please do uh, donate and uh keep us on the air we're in our sixth year and uh, i'll tell you uh, all of us donate our time of course and uh i i, I can tell you i feel i've uh, in the four nearly four years i've been um co-hosting with you thomas uh, uh it's really been a wonderful experience for me and i'm very grateful to have this uh, venue <laughs> and, and opportunity to speak with oh by the way is my audio okay i was having real difficult uh, audio challenges uh last week and uh have been working on them ever since i finally asked uh our good friend um rectify to help me and now it's usable although it's still just doing some funny things if i close the um skype tools window for audio settings and save it 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 defaults back down to zero which it did uh the whole time last week and um had to do my 
Sunday night show on a different computer. Anyway, tonight we are joined by a fellow host and really an incredible human being, uh, Barbara DeLong. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. You're welcome, but I want you to put a picture of you up and a picture of me up and have somebody tell me how lovely covers us both. I mean, <laughs> are you, like, I'm serious. You Beautiful hair. The bangs, lovely. I'll say it. And the shirt, on point. If you don't know, we're in Skype. We do a Skype thing um, uh, for you at home listening or you in the car. If you're catching us on our mobile app or you happen to be on 101.3 in Central Kentucky, we do internet radio over Skype. And uh, please click the – I have to say it. Please click the Donate or Support tab on the homepage of Revolution Radio, which is freedomslips.com. Um, you'll click our uh, Donate or Support on the homepage, and it, it really does go a long way. It keeps Mr. Long, Keith, myself, 95 other plus hosts and producers on the air on two different studios. This is Studio A, and then you have Studio B. Check both out. There's tons of variety. Um, and please, plug your show, Mr. Long. Let everyone know, first-time listeners, who is uh, speaking to us, the lovely voice that it, that they're hearing. <laughs> um, yes, I'm Barbara DeLong, and I have a show called Nightlight, and it's on Monday nights at 10 o'clock and 10 to 12. And I have the pleasure of interviewing fascinating people and... Uh, Asking them questions they haven't been asked before and, and sort of looking for new ways of looking at things. And we cover everything from, I like to say, UFOs to unicorns and everything in between. You really do a fantastic job. And, of course, uh, you mentioned uh, somebody to uh, to me uh, that I we just had uh, Rebecca Hardcastle Wright back on last week. And uh, really had a fantastic show. I, I was so grateful that you introduced me to her because I, I told her, you know, we've only just met, but I feel like I, I know you already, you know, and that's how much uh, uh, parallel um, that they, that we are working. Now, you also have a, a website and you do uh, – you're still doing psychic readings, uh, Barbara? Uh, <clears throat> well, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, the website is uh, BarbaraDeLong.com and it's really a teaching site and – uh, though I can and do do readings, basically I'm more into metaphysical research and writing and helping to educate people in a lot of the metaphysical modalities that are out there. Now, I thought of you yesterday because, uh, you know, I do my own meditations. Everybody is psychic to some degree or another, and I've had the benefit of having a a clairvoyant mother who uh, has given me training over the years and have improved my ability, although I'm no, I don't consider myself particularly good. I wouldn't do a reading for somebody. I'd be too afraid, uh, you know, to be wrong or steer them in the wrong direction or something. But, um, and, and I don't think I'm that good, uh, but uh, I do get stuff. It, it's, it's very valuable, uh, you know, for all of us to uh, do the inner work and, and get greater clarity in our life. I think that's what we're here to do. Um, I thought of you. Go ahead. I was going to not even a moment into it, and I've already got a Skype question about crystals. And, and we're going to get to that, but I didn't want to interrupt. Um, I, I tend to lose track with how fast we go of the questions. No, that's <laughs> fine. We'll, we'll open up the phones in the second hour, if that's all right with you, Barbara. Sure, no problem. And, and you know, uh, crystals are fine. I did gem casting and still do for uh, for. Um, as one of the ways that I use to do readings. So, 
yeah, I'm into crystals as well as everything else. So, and but but Keith, to your point, uh, you know, a lot of people who do readings are very content with being a psychic, and they stop growing, and so they just sit and they do their psychic readings, and and some of them are very successful, and some of them not so much. But <laughs> those that that kind of go beyond that, and and it's kind of like. You're developed to a certain point, and you know if you want to sit and do psychic fairs and do readings on the sly and stuff like that, that's great. And that if that's what you want to do, and uh, I just got to a point where it was been there, done that. And if you want me to do readings, I'll happily do readings. That's not a big deal. But but it's more. I'm more focused now on because consciousness is expanding to such a great degree and, and things are going more interdimensionally and cosmically, it's more exciting to kind of go in those directions too. Now, I, I did hear you try to tell Keith he's good at what he does for the psychic channeling. How I'm worse. I am much worse. Trust me. I can't do it. I just have a vibe about people and that's as far as I take it. But how could a newbie like myself better or practice or train uh, in in this kind of field, yeah, develop your abilities, right? Yes. Go ahead, Barbara. Um, well, I, I, I it's going to sound strange, but you have to get to know yourself so well you can put your ego aside, and um, that takes a lot of work internally on how you feel about yourself, how you feel about life, understanding the spiritual laws, how they affect you, how you how you are um, under their influence, whether you know about them or not. And, and understand how the universe does work and flow. It's not a religious training as much as it's a get, get to know yourself, dig into yourself, figure out where your shortcomings are and work on those. And the more sensitive you become on yourself, the greater your ability is to be sensitive for other people. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic point. I agree 100%. And I was starting to say the reason I thought of you, Barbara, yesterday and asked you if you would join us tonight is I was thinking about uh, my own self. Uh, and I realized, you know, to uh, develop these abilities and to really do it, it takes a great deal of courage, I thought. And I just thought, wow, you know, Barbara DeLong, uh, you immediately came to mind uh, because uh, in my humble opinion, uh, you uh, – are a, really a fantastically clear um, uh, medium, uh, clairvoyant, whatever term you want to use. I, I mean, you, I, I, and I, I'm guessing it took uh, certainly a great deal of inner work, but I, I think some courage there as well. Would Would you agree? Yeah, and 50 years of practice. Yeah, <laughs> just you know that aside too, but yeah, it 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 is. Um, Everyone is intuitive. Everyone has gut reactions. Everyone has gut feelings. It's a matter of being able to take those feelings and go one step beyond. And it 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 is. I guess there is a certain amount of bravery to it because you you don't want to hurt someone. You don't want to aim them in a wrong direction. There is an absolute art to giving a message, and and most psychics don't do that. They just blurt out whatever they get. And and you can hurt someone, you can damage someone, you can turn them in the wrong direction. I know, and and the best example I have of that is a long time ago. I bartered with someone for you know we barter, and I he was an astrologer and and I did my thing and um, I read him first and then he read me and the first thing he said was you're going to die in nine months, 
And I, you know, kind of said, okay, but, you know, death is, you know, it's a matter of perspective. Could it be death of an aspect of my life, death of a direction, death of a relationship? It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to croak. Yeah, physically, yeah. Yeah, no, and he said, no, you're going to die of a heart attack and there's nothing you can do to prevent it. And we'll we'll miss you. And then I said, (laughs) all right, let's move on. And, you know, <laughs> what Wait, do you say? Let's just keep it, keep it rolling. Let's keep it fluid. <clears throat> yeah, what else have you got? And um, so much as I knew that that what he had seen did not mean that, that I was actually going to die, I spent the next six to seven months seeing every doctor I could see, getting my affairs in order, having paperwork done, everything just in case he was right. And and you know and of course that was 30 years ago so he wasn't right but but it taught me something profound that that everything that comes out of your mouth when somebody is getting a reading um you plant a seed and you damn well better plant good seeds because if you don't you can really mess them up Yes, I've uh, I've seen that same type of thing play out too with other psychics, uh, where they'll say they'll make a prediction, say this is going to happen, when in fact it's oftentimes it looks to me when I try to do you know look at the future, it looks like there are possibilities or probabilities, or if you you know choose to continue acting in a certain way, or if you uh, you know say say you get a prediction that you'll write a book, well, yeah, better get that pencil and paper out because it's not going to happen by itself. Yeah, and, and a long time uh, again, a long time ago, um, I was uh, I was going down to Norfolk, Virginia, to read in a bookstore there, and someone warned me that it was against the law to do readings, psychic readings in Norfolk, and. Um, so I checked with the the, uh, the lawyer for the town, and he said, "You know, absolutely, we can we can uh, arrest you, and it's a hefty fine or time in jail." So I got another client of mine. Um, I I have some that are lawyers and judges, and we actually sued them in federal court because it it was. Um, Sort of stepping on freedom of religion and freedom of speech, and, and when they when they put me on the stand, their lawyer said, "Do you say you can you know predict the future?" And I said, "I can give you possibilities and potentialities. If you want absolutes, you have to go to God." <laughs> right. And and even then, he could change his mind. So, um, and by the way, I won, and. Uh, it was the the judge finally said I was too spiritual to be called a psychic, so it was okay for me to do readings. <laughs> I don't get why someone has to lob that in uh, the the religion aspect and say there's nothing psychic out there and it's all predetermined. There, like I'm also in the Keith boat where I think there are possibilities, um, but as far as your reading, I have I'm looking at chat and I've got someone that's that can you know back you up. You're you're generally pretty good. We've had you on the show before. For any first-time listeners, um, she's joined us a number of times, and just every time she's always been spot on. And I, I like I, if we have time, maybe I'll be able to do that. If if you um, would be able to to give me a reading, or not so much a reading, but like maybe a, a healing. Um, well, again, you can call it whatever you like. I can sure do it. <laughs> yes, 
<laughs> yeah, let me. I do want to comment on that. Uh, Jerry B mentioned in, in chat that he got a reading from you, Barbara, about eight months ago, and said that you were you're right on. And that's my experience too. You've done some work for me, which was really fantastic. I, I'm not going to say good. I'm going to say really fantastic. Uh, the clarity that you bring uh, is, is so. Um, so real, uh, you know, you don't, you're, like you said, you talked about, you know, you get your ego out of the way and that's something that not everybody can do. Um, <laughs> I can't, I'm not able to, <laughs> but, but I, I agree a hundred percent. And then, and then, the, you know, again, going back to the inner work, um, having the courage to look at our own shadow, um, our own dark places, uh, you know, for me was a, a long journey. Um, and I'm, proud of the work i've done although it's continuing <laughs> I, if anything i probably just scratched the surface uh you know and uh but i, I find that uh, i continue to to be more sensitive um particularly in my creative endeavors uh for instance uh, i've been writing more music as of late and i feel i can find the right note or the right chord progression much better um it, it's hard to explain uh but uh this type of doing the inner work facilitates you in every aspect of your life uh, in my experience oh it it really does and and it's it's sort of you go beyond saying i think to i feel to i know and and you know when you're thinking you're using intellectual stuff you're 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 definitely linked to the earth plane when you feel you're using a little intuition and when you know then you're being psychic yeah i find myself in that exact same place i often i'll just know things um you know, even if something simple, and I'll do it like, like you said, fifty years uh, for me is about forty years that I've been uh, getting training from my mother and uh, actively uh, doing it uh, just about every day. Um, and so I'll kind of just flex my mus my my psychic muscles by by going like if I know I'm expecting a package of something I ordered from eBay or something, you know, in the mail. Mm -hmm. I'll just I'll just look and I'll say is it here or not yet, and I'll just get the first answer that comes up, and I'm I'm always right, <laughs> always right. <laughs> I just know, and, and you know this is very useful, uh, uh, particularly in you know relationships and uh, uh, you know our work. Uh, it, it is, uh, and, and I think your point at the what you mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, people uh, have different terms for it. Uh, but this consciousness uh, is rising uh, globally, I feel, and many others uh, reflect that as uh, agree with that as well. Oh yeah, and it's it's really fascinating to me because a long time ago I, I did med uh, meditation groups. I did them for like seventeen years, and <clears throat> excuse me, just just recently I had uh, Bill Brown on my show. Are you familiar with him at all? No, he's a. Um, He's an Egyptologist. He's a um, an archaeologist, and he he literally lives half of the year on the Giza plateau. Wow! And he and he has been able to find um, star maps that he can lay on the Giza plateau, and he's done ground penetrating radar, and he's identified at least thirty three places where there are either um, tunnels or, or, or temples or tombs that have not yet been uncovered. Wow. And and he he said on the show, you know, I'd be real happy to give the map of these thirty two places to anybody that's going to be going to the Giza Plateau. And I said to him afterwards, I said, Not many of us do travel like that. <clears throat> so I said, why don't you just remote view it? 
And we talked about it uh, the next day, and we've put together um, a meditation group with people from all over the world. And he identifies the spot that is the target of the meditation. And once a week, I lead everybody into um, each of these spots for remote viewing, and I take them astrally into that particular spot. And we're finding that uh, it isn't it isn't even so much as is there a spot there. It's yes, there's a power spot there. There's a vortex there. But we're going interdimensionally when we do it. So we're picking up all sorts of very strange stuff, and it's really amazing. Well, I'd love to hear more about that. What have you been finding? Well, it, actually, in, in one of the uh, in one of the meditations, we've we've only done six so far. But in, in one of them, after the med- – and the meditation is only 15, 20 minutes. It's not, you know, anything horribly lengthy because a lot of these people aren't meditators. But a lot of them are. So Solaris is in the group. There are a, a lot of people that are um, – that know what they're doing in the group. So it's real easy to pull the energy together and then take them as a group someplace. And um, so in, in one of the meditations, we went – beneath um i think it was a temple structure and i I found that there were there were corridors there or uh, almost a labyrinth and and in one of the places there were handprints against the wall and i had people to put their hand against a, a handprint that fit them and feel the energy come from the building into them and trigger awakening so to speak and so afterwards I opened, um, I did it on Blog Talk Radio, and um, I opened Bill's microphone, and I said, um, you know, are you back? And he said, oh, I'm here. And I said, what'd you get? And he said, very strange. And I said, all right, come on, spit it out. (laughs) And and he said, well, where we were supposed to put our hands into a handprint, he said, when I did, I only had three fingers. And I was green. Hmm. And that was like three, four weeks ago. Um, And just on Facebook, they found a 7,000-year-old mummy of an alien with three fingers. Oh, my God. I didn't hear about that. Yeah. And and so so we're finding that people, um, you know, they, they give their impressions, what they see, what they feel, and stuff like that. But we're also getting the fact that people are finding themselves more perceptive, they're uh, more more sensitive. That that the the there is um, a side effect to the meditation that we had not anticipated, and because we go into inner dimensions and things like that, um, it is stretching people's consciousness. It is. Um, opening them up more and there's a great there's an awakening that's going on that is really it's quite profound and um i hadn't expected that but but my my new credo is you know if i've been there and done that i don't do it again and i've not done anything like this so i'm having a lot of fun with this oh that is awesome you know many of us feel a lot of uh resonance with egypt uh and i suspect many of us uh, i'm certain i have for instance had a past life uh there at least one uh probably many and of course the uh mainstream uh what they tell us about the history of egypt i don't think is accurate 
I oh, not, no, not at all. Yeah, it's far older. The, the pyramids and the Sphinx, I think, are far older than, than what they tell us. And many of us have suspected, uh, you know, it's, it's obvious to anybody that's honest uh, looking at this that they had some kind of technology that we don't have um, to create what they did. They didn't do it with uh, Bronze Age metals. Uh, you don't cut a uh, black no. granite sarcophagus, or would they call it a sarcophagus? You know, I suspect a lot of it, and what you're describing, putting the hands on, it sounds like uh, some kind of a spiritual initiation, uh, which I think they were very into. Well, it, it's 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 that and, you know, I think far more. And hmm. what we're finding is what, what he's found with his ground penetrating radar is a tremendous amount of tunnels and labyrinths that, that are under the Giza Plateau. Yeah. And and a lot of them um, have been known by the by the Egyptian government for a long time and they are preventing people from digging in many places. And some of them have been used by black ops and uh you know it it's there's there's a, a great deal going on every now and then you know i'll say something to him and he'll, he'll say well i can't talk about that hmm. and you know so you you honor it obviously but you know it leaves you curious as heck but and he also has bill is also he builds um gosh they're they're like chambers made out of pyramids you know wood pyramids so that they're hollow and they're for meditation and uh so he's he's doing a lot of very fascinating things well it's so interesting that uh so much more information is coming out uh my feeling is that uh the veils between realities are thinning yeah i don't know if it's a function of our, our just raising our consciousness and being able to see through them more or if there's a real but i think it's more fundamental than that i think the very nature of reality is changing and i think the work you're doing and um hopefully you know this is what i try to do for myself uh is raising our consciousness i think that's the uh most important work we can do to uh shift this reality into a better place and into the paradise that we so richly deserve um i don't think we're going to solve the problems we're facing um from the uh present consciousness i think we really do have to go deeper uh to shift things at at a causal level if you will um, if we raise our own consciousness, our leaders, our elected officials and such will have no choice but to raise our consciousness. And, and sometimes I despair, <laughs> you know, when I go to Walmart and, and see people walking around like they're in a trance, you know, it's like zombie land. And, and I, 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 you know, but um, overall, I do feel that um, we are making real progress. And I think it's going to be enough uh, so that we can really, you know, make this a better place. But uh, I'd be very curious as to your thoughts. Well, I, I, Billy Meyer, you know, says we're, we're, we're going to hell in a handbag. And then after 800 years, we'll have the thousand years of peace. Those, those of us that survive, I, I kind of don't agree with that time frame. but I, I, I would say, I feel that while certain people today are feeling they are coming into a time of enlightenment, I still feel humanity as a whole is in the dark ages, if you want to talk spiritually, that that there's so much graft and greed and anger out there that uh, it's going to be a while before they either peter out or kill each other off. So um, I, I would say, especially this year, 
Um, it, it really feels that as we come into the fall time frame between December and January, I'm seeing a lot of riots and a lot of things, you know, um, coming to heads in places where people and, and what, what, what is so disheartening is that so many people are, are so, you know, discouraged with their lives that they'll go and riot and not even know the cause. And that's what I feel is going to be happening. You know, like in, in was it uh, Los Angeles where they, they burned half of the, you know, half of their area? Be just they got carried away with it and they didn't even know what they were rioting for. Yeah. You're talking about when the uh, Rodney King verdict came down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 we see some of that too with with today these people out rioting and they they really don't know what they're rioting about and and I I had somebody you know just just you know so upset because of the election and that they were using words to say what was wrong with Trump and I asked them to describe exactly what they meant and they just looked at me and they said well I don't have to know exactly I'm just angry and it's like that's that's not logical <laughs> yeah I, I ran into that with facebook um i uh you know hillary is a known commodity she's a uh, lying criminal genocidist i mean this is a, not an allegation this is fact it's public record um and uh so i i was hopeful for trump you know i i don't know the verdict's still a little bit out for me but i do see him doing some things i i think are very positive um and i'm hoping that that'll continue you know and, and we'll see some good changes with him uh but uh so i'm on facebook and i say you, you know voting for hillary is like telling your rapist thank you may i have another oh, and, boy did i start a firestorm <laughs> i bet uh, you did <laughs> and people were they were calling me all kinds of names they were saying i was a racist and i was uh uh, Nazi and I was KKK and all this stuff and I said, look, I'm just trying to have a logical, you know, discussion here, you know, and all this emotional. Uh, but it it really showed how sophisticated uh, the mind control, the mass media mind control, is with people, uh, 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 making this, uh, you know, that very divisive election uh, all about emotional issues instead of. Uh, you know, being able to logically discuss and, you know, your points, you know, if, uh, uh, you know, I kept saying, well, give me, you know, here, here's some facts here. Uh, we know that Hillary lied under oath about her criminal activity and you want to elect this person, you know, and, and we've had, you know, uh, a couple decades of the Bush Clinton cabal uh, being in power and, and, uh, you know, we're in a mess. Well, I, I think history will tell us one way or the other, and and I'm I'm all for waiting and seeing. I just yeah, he got elected. Let's see what he can do, and and I'm not you know I I just I try not to go into politics because it's such a hot topic. Well, I always I always say I always say let's see what we can do. You know, if we look to them to save us, I think we're making a mistake, and that's why I uh, so much promote us doing the inner work uh, as we uh, can develop ourselves. Uh, and it's not easy, you know, looking into the deeper, dark places of ourselves and unpacking it. <laughs> you know, I've been doing it. Like I said, I started very early on. Uh, <clears throat> my mother is uh, has a master's degree in psychology as well. And uh, so I was exposed to a lot of the different uh, modalities Uh you know, looking at archetypes, looking at the inner child, um, uh, really, there's so many wonderful um, uh, 
ways that, you know, so many operational systems we can use to, to really get deeper into our own uh, psyche, if you will. No, absolutely. And, but the thing is, you know, most people don't want to do the work. I know, um, I know. And, I, and, and it's sort of like, if I have to work for that, I don't want it. And, and you, know, you mean I have to actually um, work on myself? <laughs> and, and I've had many people tell me, I'm perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. And <laughs> <laughs> I had that conversation with somebody very recently. <laughs> I'm not going to say who, but I said, you got, you, you're not perfect. You think you're in this great place. No, you, you know, this is what we're about is to do the inner work. The more I peel back the onion, the more layers there are. And uh, I, I started doing it really because I was up against a wall. Uh, you know, I just, I was, uh, I was just feeling an incredible amount of sadness, and I wasn't sure where it was coming from. And uh, really, what helped me the most in in dealing with that was doing uh, the past life regressions because a lot of it came from some very, you know, sad things that I'd been through. Mm-hmm. But and you know, that's that's part of what makes the character today and yeah. I, and i truly believe that that you know a positive outlook perspective is what creates your reality and and well your perspective creates your reality and if you're if you're thinking everything is falling apart and miserable then that's exactly what you're going to draw to what, yourself what you're going to manifest sure yeah so. yeah i i always say i say <clears throat> one of the things i say is monitor your own mind chatter how what what kind of thoughts because even your very thoughts have energy that goes out to the ends of the universe and ripple back mm-hmm. so so uh instead of using thinking i can't do this or this will never happen and and i get into this with people in chat every now and then i i don't know i think i'm more grouchy lately <laughs> because i i'm just tired of it i say you know you're telling me all this bad stuff is going to happen uh well you're helping putting energy into making that happen in my viewpoint uh why don't we focus on um what positives we can bring you know and say hey we can have this better pl-. it really i believe uh, it can happen in an eye blink if enough people's minds shift. Uh, I believe we are that powerful uh, individually and collectively. Well, I agree with you. But if you can, if you can find the switch, I'll, I'll applaud. Um, it, you know, there, there are so many people out there today. I mean, it, it, it is a struggle. There's no doubt about it. Living today is a struggle. But, but at the same time, it's how you look at that struggle that determines whether you are going to live your life or just survive it. And, and it, you know, it, it's kind of like if it, I had a friend who um, she was really, really, I mean, she was broke. And, and while she made her rent and everything and, and bought her food, that was it. Yeah. And, and yet, you know, one afternoon I said to her, you know, let's go to the movies. And she said, I don't have the money for a yeah. ticket. Yeah. And and she started to be very very down on herself and I said, "All right, grab a grab a contractor bag there and I'll grab one too." And we spent the whole afternoon picking up soda cans and by the end of the afternoon, we had enough for dinner and a movie. There you go. Now, she- I, I was going to say what can what can we do? Like you said find the trigger. What what do you think would be the trigger? Is it is it a, a physical term trigger or is it like a, a a concept? 
Well, I, she was saying that in response to me, Tom. I said, I think we can change in an eye blink. And Barbara, you said to me, well, <laughs> that would that'd, that'd be great. I, I haven't found it yet myself. You know, I, all I know how to do is just continue to, to have a positive focus and uh, really try to monitor uh, my thoughts and my emotions. And um, I have uh, the certain knowledge that anything I face, I can solve. Uh, doesn't mean I will, but uh, just having the the belief uh, that I can overcome these challenges I face, um, you know, it's a certainty on my part. And I don't believe life throws anything at us that we can't, you know, overcome. Uh, maybe that's naive. I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I agree with you. But, you know, one thing that pulls us all together immediately is a threat. And somebody yeah. said, and I can't remember who it was, that the only thing that would pull humanity together would be, you know, an uh, you know an attack by aliens or something. Yeah, Ronald like Reagan, that. our former president. And and that's true yeah. because in times of crisis, we do pull together. We remember we're one family. Nine eleven happened, and the entire world mourned, um, and and everyone was kicking together. Um, Sending food, sending help, opening their homes to people. I mean, it was, it was an amazing time. It was horrible, but, but it was a time when people didn't have time for the petty stupidity. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't foresee, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't foresee having anything that huge happening again anytime soon or anytime, frankly. But, but it, 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 that was the one thing that, that in my lifetime I can remember seeing everyone stopped fighting and being petty and everyone was focused on helping and surviving. Yeah, I think it was uh, similar to when uh, JFK was assassinated. Yeah, yeah, in, in some ways, absolutely. And you can throw Princess Diana in there too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But but at those moments, everything stops, and and we we start to pull together. Now I I don't I, you know that is the only thing that I have seen where the world comes together. Um, but but I would hope that in time there there will be enough of a, of an understanding of the fact that you know after all we are a family of man and woman. Um, we are all, you know, we're all the same. We all have the same DNA stuff, you know, here and there. Uh, we are all linked together, not, not only uh, because we're on the same planet, but, but we're the same species, different races, but the same species. We are a family and, and how people can, can, um, do mass murder or, or, the things that have happened in this world is beyond me because that's that's kind of like killing your own. Of course, they don't think it that way, but um, that's that's the way I see it. So so you know when we come to and and that's why that's one reason why I really believe on some level um, we haven't really been contacted by the aliens as much or or as much as we have been because I think we're quarantined. Well, many people are having individual experiences. I certainly have. Uh, 
uh, I mean, not just a sighting, but actual direct contact um, mm-hmm. and uh, information and uh, shared. I currently have a guide who uh, is very present, and uh, what this guide is telling me uh, is not about you know uh, something out there or the spaceships or anything like that. It's about how to operate personally, uh, how to uh, you know move forward and and uh, grow. Uh, you know, to how to love myself, you know, more. That's been one of my challenges. It's just straight up loving myself. It sounds stupid, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> but well, how can you expect someone else to love you if you don't love yourself? That's right. And, and uh, so one of the things I was taught was how to, you know, just you know, in meditation, just actively love yourself. Tell your body you love it. Tell yourself that, you know, sure, I've made mistakes, but, uh, you know, that's what we're here to do. That's how we learn, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, so for me, it was something I really had to actively actively do because I had that deep subconscious programming of not being deserving. Well, and, and so many people do. and it, And it's a matter of, you know, learning how to respect yourself and honor yourself yeah that, that's a tough one uh you know every now and then um i will be in a situation and i'll i'll stop stop short and say you know stop fighting this you you signed up for it so <laughs> figure a way out of it instead of just you know i'm a good person why is this happening to me it has nothing to do with the fact whether you're a good person or not you asked for circumstances to be presented to you so that you could grow through them and beyond them and become a better person i that is such an important point uh i say this uh uh, from time to time we signed up for this when we incarnated here uh, we can't, it, this is my viewpoint. We came in with a purpose, uh, a set of challenges to learn and grow from. Uh, so this requires us taking personal responsibility for what happens. And we can no longer say, my life sucks because of that guy. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> right? Right? And that's a t- I think that may be the toughest one for people is because if you take away uh, somebody to blame for your problems, uh, now mind you, uh, there is a lot of not just people i think we've been really messed with uh with uh darker extraterrestrials so there's positive ones but there's a whole range of them in my experience um so i i think what we're presented here on this planet is a uh a lot of uh interference from uh non-human uh entities well i i get enough trouble from humans i'm not you know. <laughs> no i i i tell people you know, it, it's they when they complain a lot. I I try to explain the, to them, and I and I I trivialize it slightly. Sort of like when your spirit has been on the other side long enough, it decides it wants to come back to Earth again. So it goes into the reincarnation office, and it's given a form, and on it are are boxes they can check. You know, what do you want to be challenged with? You know, what areas are you working on? Where do you want to have the the focus for this lifetime and your spirit totally enlightened sometimes says what the heck why don't i just check them all and do it all in one lifetime and you do and and very often when people are overwhelmed it's you know i just look at them and say you checked all the boxes stupid you know it you, you had you had 
the plan there and you checked all the boxes and the universe is just giving you exactly what you asked for and you're capable of doing this because they wouldn't have let you check all the boxes if you weren't capable of doing it. So stop complaining and let's start focusing on how you can start to work through this. Yeah, sometimes I think I might have checked one box too many. (laughs) (laughs) I really, you know, I I, I was talking about the sadness that I felt uh, in my younger life uh, was so overwhelming. I just asked myself, how can I be, how can one person be a vessel for this much sadness? And um, what's developed from that was doing a great deal of past life work. you know, uh, uh, healing, uh, uh, re, I kind of think of it as, uh, um, bringing back the energy that was stuck, uh, in those traumatic, uh, experiences. And, uh, boy, it was a lot, but, um, I feel so much clearer now. I feel so much more in the present. I highly recommend that type of work to anybody. I, to me, it's the most powerful type of healing work is to do that inner work because, you know, I, I think, uh, will create illnesses or health issues of some kind. Um, I mean, I would just look at, uh, so my back hurts. I go, well, let's see, what's the deal with that? And uh, I would just ask and be presented a picture. It turned out I was stabbed in the back in a past life. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, well, sometimes, you know, physicalities have, have to do with things that you've taken on this lifetime, too. I know oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes back problems can be, you know, you're carrying the problems of the world or or who are you carrying that you shouldn't have to be carrying? You right. know, what what emotions are you taking on for another person that, that you know, you've taken on and, and, you know, they're fine now and now you have a bad back. So, you know, sometimes sometimes it has something to do with the emotionality of this lifetime too. But but you're absolutely right. I mean, there there are often traumas in past lives that – that definitely can affect this lifetime. Yeah, I want to in no way uh, belittle doing present life work, too. I've had plenty of that. <laughs> we, we pick up plenty of stuff. Uh, now, let's say someone recognizes that they have this this extra weight, this extra parcel within their soul or their consciousness. What could they do, or how? once they've recognized it, what, what can they do to lighten their burden instead of giving it to another soul? Well, if it's this lifetime stuff, then they have to take responsibility. They have to learn how to say no. They have to learn how to say, you know, gee, I can't help you. I'm really sorry. They have to be able to change the way they're reacting to their reality in order to not take on that burden. And it may be that they need to look at their belief structure. Uh, it, it may be that they believe that they're supposed to uh, uh, take on this burden, and they, they may have to change how they uh, you know, perceive uh, reality. They may have to change their inner paradigm, if you will. Yeah, and, and it's, it's very easy to say, I know I, I shouldn't be doing this, but I can't help it. I really feel that I, I need to do this. And Sometimes, and and I'm not, you know, you know, when you're when you're looking at 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 family members, when you're looking at people that you love dearly, and and I'm not saying you don't help family and you don't, you know, reach in there when when you can, you do that obviously, but there are you you sometimes come to a point where you you prevent somebody 
from carrying their own burden for as long as they can. Um, somebody once said to me, my, I, I took care of my mom before she passed away. And um, there were a number of things that, that I would, you know, do for her. And somebody finally said to me, if you're going to take on one of those responsibilities, make sure you're ready to do it for the rest of her life. If she's capable of doing it, step back and let her do it because that gives her the dignity of knowing she can. And, and you know, lots of lessons to learn around stuff like that. So, you know, and, and, and I found that, that my mother was able to do a lot more than I had thought she was. And, and I didn't let her get frustrated and I, I didn't not do things for her, but I gave her the opportunity to do it for herself first. And then when she needed help, I gave it to her, certainly. But, but you know, you have to really be very careful about stuff like this. Um, you don't want to be a terrible person, but, but you do want to make sure that you're not taking on the responsibility of somebody else's lesson. Because if you do, then you are guaranteeing the lesson will come back to them only harsher the next time. That's right. And if you uh, are, it's a balancing act, isn't it? Um, because you want to give, you know, pre- perhaps we could put it in terms of uh, if you have a child, uh, you want to protect them, but you don't want to overprotect them or else they'll never face those situations. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you tell a child not to touch a flame because they're going to get burned, but you know they're going to get burned anyhow. So you let it be a minor burn instead of burning down the house. Um, you know, I, it, it, and, and it's, 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 it's simple. If you overprotect, you guarantee somewhere along the line those same lessons are going to come back, but they'll be harsher. If you prevent somebody from, like, spraining an ankle, then, then they may have to break their leg to, to learn the same lesson at a later point in time. And, and you always pull people away from cars that are rushing and locomotives that are coming down on them and stuff like that. I mean, don't be ridiculous with that. But, but there are times when we overdo it. And by overdoing it, sometimes we make things harder for another person. Yeah, and they, you take away their opportunity to, to uh, learn for themselves. Yeah. I, I had somebody who... Um, I did a reading for them, and then they, they never paid me. And um, maybe a year and a half later, she, she called me. And, and I did, you know, send her reminders and stuff, and, she, and, and so I just let it go. Yeah. And um, she called me, and she said, are you mad at me? And I said, no, but I am disappointed. And she said, because I didn't pay you. And I said, no, I'm not disappointed because you didn't pay me. I'm disappointed that you took away my right to say that's okay. Don't worry about it. So, so in essence, you know, she she prevented me from being gracious, from being generous, from being compassionate. She she took away that privilege because had she said I just don't have the money and I'm so very sorry, I would have said that's okay and I would have done the reading anyhow. But she took that away from me. So that's what I was disappointed in. Not that not that she didn't pay me because that you know it's just money. But um that she took away my my right to be compassionate did hurt me. 
lot of times, I'm sorry, go ahead. Of course, I didn't give her a chance to do it again, but (laughs) (laughs) dumb I'm not. But, (laughs) but, but, you know, it, it really, that was, that was what my, that was what my upset was. It wasn't that she didn't pay me because I didn't really care, but, but she really made me feel like I had been cheated of something that was beautiful. And I, and I was. A lot of times, I would suggest virtually every time we act out of fear, we're making a mistake. She was afraid to uh, deal with you uh, and, you know, tell tell you that I'm really sorry. I can't. I just can't afford it right now. I'm having a tough time. Um, a lot of times, if we will just face up to the music, I've, I've taken that approach. I say, look, I screwed up, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't do this, and I was supposed to do it. Okay, I'm very sorry. I'm going to do it now. And uh, a lot of time, the result is that, oh, sure, maybe somebody was mad at me, but then we get it done, and and things are good, and you move on. And uh, and uh, so you've given uh, the situation the opportunity to heal, even though it was, you know, for myself, I had to. I had to fess up, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, say, yep, I, I did. I screwed up. There's, there's the music, Barbara. We're going to do one more hour and open up the phone lines. Okie dokie. Day two for hour two, fries i got an empty box would you like another extra big ass fries i said i didn't get any thank you your account has been charged your balance is zero please what? come back when you can afford oh, to make no, a purchase no. i'm sorry you're come having on trouble. i'm sorry starving Revolution Radio. Here at Revolution Radio, we believe in freedom of ideas, freedom of speech, but above all, we believe in freedom of existence through self-reliance. This station is 100% listener-supported, and as a fundraising promotion, I have a kick-ass free gift for a $100 donation. 35,000 seeds. 
25 years in the freezer. Long-term storable, 54 different varieties. So if food prices go crazy, the shit hits the fan, or if you just want to save tons of money every year by creating your own food like I do, grab our seed pack special. Just look for the banner on the homepage at freedomslips.com. Don't be a statistic. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. We need as humans to start taking care of ourselves and not depending on the megacorps to provide unhealthy, nasty food. Included in this package is also a DVD with 900 survival and off-grid living documents and the offline home canning how to do everything website all on the DVD. So when you're growing all that food, you know how to can it, store it, preserve it, etc. with all these documents. So thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. I hope that you will pick up this package and start learning to be free. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, where information never sleeps and freedom is one seed that needs to be planted. Looking for a nightcap to fill your listening needs? Come join us on Spaced Out Radio with me, Dave Scott, right here on Revolution Radio. Monday through Friday for three hours a night, starting at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, we will take you down the supernatural path. From ET contact to the paranormal and all of the spiritual, cryptid, and conspiracy stories in between, you can find us right here on Revolution Radio at spacedoutradio.com, on Twitter at spacedoutradio, and on Facebook at Spaced Out Radio Show. Spaced Out Radio, it's a night of talk and interaction. Are you experienced? Moscow's freeze. That's your cerebral cortex looking for an answer it doesn't have. See? Even your brain knows you're screwed. God is filling with adrenaline right now. Whether you know it or not, your heart's beating fast. It's getting a little harder to breathe. The neurobiological system is telling it to run. But your knees are too weak to move. Fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. That is near insanity. Do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. We are all telling ourselves a story. Listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. 100% listener supported radio. Reporting the danger unafraid. Right here where information never sleeps. Revolution. Revolution. Radio.
The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Settle down, settle down. All right, back at hour two on Studio A, Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. This is Major Tom and Keith AZ here with Barbara DeLong on ground control. A bit of a tongue twister. I almost slipped, but I made it. Yes. Um, I want to say we're going to do the call-in number, so... In a bit, we're gonna give. In a minute, we're gonna give that out, and you can shout at us or, or talk at us. But please direct the well, not shout, but please direct the questions to our guest. Is that right, King? That is correct. Uh, we do have a guest tonight, so we do want to be on topic. And uh, if you have any questions for Barbara, you know, even if you got a couple of them, uh, 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 please do call in. And um, the uh, I'm gonna give you uh, the additional Skype number. I believe the three four seven six eight eight two nine zero two. Uh, is working for us, but uh, just in case, uh, if you can't get through on that line, uh, you can try the alternate number, which is my own personal Skype number, and that is 928-202-4608, and uh, I'll give that one more time in case you need to grab a pen or pencil. Uh, That is 928-202-4608. So, Barbara... Yes. I uh, there's so many funny fun things to talk about. Uh I I don't know if I told you I got a new cat recently. Oh, really? Yeah, I went to the Humane Society and I'm 100% con- convinced she is a uh, cat I've had before. Uh she's about a year old and she's a calico and just has the greatest personality. And uh I'm certain she was a cat I had before named Sasha who was actually a calico as well. Uh, but in this previous cat's uh, incarnation, she was polydactyl. She had two extra front thumbs on her paws. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, so, uh, but she she is so funny. Uh, she actually caught a mouse the other day and somehow managed to get it in the bathtub uh, where the mouse was trapped. Uh huh. And just play with it, and, and she didn't kill it or anything. She just, you know, I finally, you know, the next day I caught it and put it outside. But. Uh, um, it almost seemed to me like she wanted her own pet. <laughs> <laughs> I have kittens, and yeah. uh, they they have discovered mice as well, but they think that they're wonderful toys that don't slow down or wear out or anything. So when they do get a mouse, I have to save the mouse. It's really quite, you know, it's sort of like, you know, you're supposed to kill them and just let me find the bodies and, you know, don't bring them in and, and don't, don't, don't jump on the bed to show them to me yeah so no but they've got to present them to you i had a cat uh he was with me for a long time he lived to be i think about 19 years old wow Uh, he was a big beautiful orange cat uh with giant incisors that actually stuck out of his mouth like a miniature saber-toothed tiger um but he was huge cat and he would catch just about anything and then of course he would like to leave him right next to my bed so that i could be so proud of him for being such a good hunter you know and, <laughs> and he got he would catch bigger things than mice he, would, he i don't know what you call them out here but they're they're sort of look like uh small ground squirrels they got big uh fluffy tails and 
Um, I forget what they're called, but uh, yeah, he those, those are a lot bigger than mice. And and uh, he fortunately, as he got older, he couldn't get birds anymore. He couldn't climb as good. But uh, I hated well, hated when he got birds. Now I had somebody in the meditation group I had a long time ago who had the cat from hell. Literally, um, it it would try to take down a deer. Oh my um, god. It 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 just it's threw itself um, at at huge animals and and it, mm-hmm. it it never actually brought a deer down but it did bring home some pretty big stuff and uh, it was not a fu- it, it was not a warm fuzzy it, it you know yeah. got mad at him every now and then and it would just take tear the house apart so it was it was something that needed to be outside did you do you know where the polydactyl came from in this country. Uh, you had told me before. Um, in in this case, she was some a kitten that somebody had just dropped, and I was living in a par- an apartment in in California in Rohnert Park, and it just picked my door out of all the possible doors uh, to just meow in front of. Uh, and she couldn't have been more than a month or two old. She was very small. Uh, all all polydactyls in this country can be traced back to Ernest Hem- Hemingway who got one as a gift from somebody in China. Wow. And at his house, which is a, you know, a, a park type thing, um, there are, it, it's, there are polydactyls all over the place that are fed and taken care of that, that wander around and, and are, you know, that's their home and they, they breed and they live there. Wow. And, uh, every polydactyl came from the cat that Ernest Hemingway brought back to this country. Uh, did he intentionally breed them? No, he just um, he it was his cat and he loved it, you know. And he he was an unusual man, and uh, the cats just you know kind of bred from from there, and and they spread all over the country. I used to call her uh, Psychic Kitty because she would just look at me, and I would know what she wanted. And uh, this cat's the same way, and. Uh, her personality is so she- sweet. She is so affectionate. She just loves being pet, and uh, she uh, is a real licky kitty. And uh, so she likes to lick m- my arm when I pet her, and <laughs> it's just it's just really added a, a lot of joy in my life. Well, I I tell people who come here um, for readings and stuff that um, that they are being cat scanned, and um, <laughs> if my cats won't you know hang out and be around them if they suddenly disappear and especially when i had six cats um i found that that if my my animals were not comfortable with a person's energy that i had no business going into it and i would i would i would not do the readings yeah and uh only only twice in in all the years i've done readings have i had to turn somebody back and say, you know, I'm really sorry. I and, and I and I will tell them I've double I've double I I don't want to say my cats don't like you, so I'm not going to read you. Um, but but I, I make up a reason so that I don't. And the one time I didn't, I I must have had the person turned out to be absolutely crazy, yeah. and I ended up with a migraine for about three days afterwards. I remember. So, yeah. So the cats know and. And the chi- and and as far as being psychic, I truly believe that as well. The Chinese believe that cats' mystical um, purpose on the earth plane is to draw heavy energy from the humans that they're attached to, 
and and I have found that that if I'm upset or whatever, one of my cats will will inevitably lay on my chest for a while to, to yeah. and they and they do pull the heavy energy. Yeah, and they're protectors too. I think on the astral plane. Could could well be. I you know I I I just know that and and I have a couple of cats that have passed away that are still here, and um, my clean my my cleaning lady. At first, when I said you know I've got a, a gray cat named Smudge who's dead, but you'll see him, and um, she just looked at me like I was totally crazy, and um, oh you know a couple of weeks later she said well I saw Smudge. He was upstairs, and and we still see him around the house. It's just amazing, and he passed yeah. away about ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. I believe uh, dogs also will process people's emotions. Uh, owners, uh, uh, particularly the ones that are suppressing. So if the dog is real barky or something, uh, I think uh, it is often the case that the owner uh, has some issues that they're not willing to. Uh, to deal with, and so then the uh, dog's job, it feels, is to, uh, um, you know, process that for them. Well, I, I, I absolutely believe that, that the animals in your home do react to your energy and, and often manifest the same energy, too, but in, of course, their own way. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know that when, when Patrick um, was, was ill and, and dying, um, we had a dog that just about went crazy. Yeah. Um, she, she just didn't understand what was going on. And uh, she, she was really difficult to handle and deal with because she was um, go, going through all of whatever Patrick was going through. Not the pain, but the, the turmoil, the inner turmoil and the mm-hmm. emotional stuff that, that was, you know, I felt so bad for her. Um, it was it was a difficult time, and she went through it with him. It was just amazing. Now, um, you know, at one time, <laughs> at one point, I actually had seven cats and seven guitars. <laughs> oh my god! When I when I first moved, I, I sold one of the guitars, so I have six, and the the cats. Uh, most of them died from old age, uh, but a couple of them were taken by coyotes. So uh, this kitty, I just can't let out. She's going to be an indoor kitty, which I hate, um, you know, but uh, I, I just have no choice. I couldn't bear to lose her. Yeah. Well, you, you know, they aren't equipped to really deal with being wild anymore. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's only smart and good and fair to them to – Keep them inside. They're actually healthier. I am going to say I've got a fenced in area that I'm going to set up. So she's got a cat door. It's, it's blocked right now, but I'm going to, you know, get it fixed up with some additional. Um, actually, I'm going to use chicken wire to make sure there's no possibility of her escaping it. So she will get to go out. Yeah, you know, we had a cat. <laughs> one of our cats used to uh, chase dogs and uh, he would catch gophers, which uh, we were all very happy about. And he was an outdoor kitty. But the coyotes have just gotten worse. It never used to be. Uh, we never used to have problems with uh, losing uh, cats to them before. Well, I've got a hole in my kitchen wall and there's a cat porch on the other side that's four feet by four feet by four feet and it's got a roof on it and it's got 
screen and chicken wire on it so they can go outside and be outside, but but they can't be gotten by something. Because I'm in a place where there are raccoons and there are coyotes and there are bobcats and there are mountain lions and there are bears. Mm -hmm. And, you know, lions and tigers and bears (laughs) Bears. don't lie. Yeah, so, yeah, I had, last year I, I... thought I accused the raccoons of stealing my bird feeders and until yeah. I, till I saw a big black bear ripping yeah. them apart. It's kind of like just ripping the whole thing down, putting it under its arm and taking it home like a sack lunch. Uh-huh. It was <laughs> <laughs> I'd stopped the bird feeding for a while. <laughs> now tell us, uh, I want to hear more about Egypt and uh, a little more. Oh, first of all, I should say, Barbara, if there's anything in particular that you want to talk about, I always want to defer to the, you know, our Tom and my guest to uh, you know take the conversation anywhere they want to go. Well, um, the 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 meditation group. Um, if anybody's interested in becoming a member of it, all you have to do is send me uh, an email at barbaradelong at gmail dot com, and I can plug you right into the group. And then it because the meditations are done privately and everything, so that so that. You know, it's just those that have signed up because we're we're asking for their notes and everything to to give us feedback from the meditations. So if if anybody's interested in joining the group, they can they can join the group, and uh, I, I can send you the addresses of the last uh, five meditations. You can catch up with us, and you know we send we send the GPS of the area we're going into. So people, if they want to have a visual, they can. Uh, go to Google Earth and and you know zoom right into exactly where um, I'm taking them. Yeah, uh, type in those coordinates. And of course, you said uh, Solaris Blue Raven, a fellow host and really fantastic uh, um, person herself, uh, does a wonderful show on Saturday nights. And I believe I heard you on her show recently. Yes, I yeah, I, she's a favorite person of mine. She is she is probably. Um, She's done a lot of stuff about conspiracy and everything, but but the other half of her is all spiritual. And, and yeah. so when, when she does come on the show, I turn the phones off and she and I just talk spiritual stuff. And uh, I have found that, that uh, one of her books, the one on transformation, um, is brilliantly written. And and I, and I said, I'm going to steal this material and do workshops on it. And <laughs> Yeah, I, I well, I was up front. I figure, and and when I do the workshops, I say this isn't my material. Yeah. And if you if you want the book, you know, this is the title of it, and this is the author. And um, but but she is she is absolutely one of the most brilliant people ever, and um, she she runs on high tech for sure. She is just um. I don't see how she can talk that fast that long and not lose her breath. But. <laughs> Let alone her train of thought. No, she's she's amazing. Yeah, and and to to get into a real spiritual philosophical discussion with her is so much fun. Yeah, because um, you know I, I I guess we talk the same language or whatever, but but um, I keep forgetting we're on a radio show when we do that stuff, and and. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's kind of like, uh oh, um, we should be at least, you know, letting people kind of understand what we're talking about. I know that uh, I had somebody on the other night. Uh, I, I think you've had them on, Paul Inu. Mm-mm. 
and his Paul and Ben Inu there, um, they are professional. If you need, if you'd like their information, I'd be happy to give it to you. Oh, I'd love um, to. I'm always looking for new guests, and of course, you've uh, uh, shared many wonderful people with me. Did Did you ever have Dan Willis on, by the way? Um, Monday. He's Excellent. Yeah, well, well, this Paul and Ben Inu are are um, they're they're Ghostbusters, but they're more than that. And yeah. and um, he is um, the father is um, uh, he went to three seminaries and 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 he has an amazing background. And his philosophy, he deals with the multiverse and. Um, how how we live in the multiverse it's it's not the universe as we know it it's a multiverse where everything and every possibility is happening at the very same moment past lifetimes future lifetimes they're all going on at the same time and um fascinating man to talk to and he doesn't believe that there are things like demons uh, but he does believe that there are interdimensional parasites that people have mistaken for demons, and you know, on on top of that, they 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 do all sorts of investigations on paranormal things that are happening, and he explains them in many ways as as sometimes they're what he calls flap um, flap places where. Two timelines are overlapping, and that basically we're not seeing ghosts; we're just seeing another timeline that is going on at the same time as this timeline. You really know, cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I would absolutely, definitely send me his contact information, and I do use the term demons describing these interdimensional parasites. But I, I try to remember to tell people, you know, that's just a term I'm using for them. I'm really not biblically oriented. I don't believe in any religion. I believe in God, but I don't believe in religion. Uh, if you follow me in the dogma. Yeah. Uh, well, <clears throat> well, the the cool thing about these calling them parasites makes me more comfortable but you know he says that these are interdimensional able to go um different sphere to different sphere to different sphere and they they feed on fear and unhappiness and, and misery and misery yeah. yeah that's what they do and so so his stuff he's the book that um that that uh, one of the recent books is called Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong. <laughs> and and it's, it's a very cool book. And, and they do go into a lot of their different um, uh, hauntings and stuff like that and explain them in the multiverse since, um, you know, rather than in, in just the, the linear. And so it... it, it um, his his philosophy is interesting. I you know for me there were a couple of holes, but for the most part, it was it was absolutely fascinating. You know, for a long time, when people would say, "Hey Keith, what's happening?" I would say, uh, "Everything. You <laughs> you name it, it's happening somewhere uh, in this crazy universe and uh, multiverse." And I was looking at I was listening to M Monique Lasson a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, and uh, they were talking about Roswell. And so I thought, you know, I'm just going to take a look at this. Uh, so I, you know, put my feet on the ground and um, took a psychic look at it. And it looked to me like two different events happened in two different parallel dimensions, which is part of why there's so much confusion about it. Um, so in other words, in one one 
reality or Mandela effect, if you want. Uh, there was this UFO crash, and in another one, it was something more mundane. So I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's just what the information I got. Um, could be. I'm, I'm just not, you know, I'm not an expert on this, but um, his his material is is amazing. I, you know, frankly, I, I you know, there were, I, t- I think, two or three crashes, actually. And um, a lot of the um, the material, you know, they've, they've kind of smushed it all together so that nobody really totally understands it. And um, that, to me, you know, is, is what our government does when they don't want us to know anything. They, they confuse us, baffle us with paperwork type stuff. Well, and straight up lies, uh, disinformation. Uh, this is this is documented. This is not conjecture or allegation. Uh, we have declassified documents. Uh, uh, for instance, the whole uh, remember the I forget all the names. They had the sparrow and the the hawk. Uh, these, these people. I think it was about the Serpo uh, story. And what came out was with one of these UFO researchers, there was uh, a government operative who was actively feeding the guy bad information. Uh, you know, what, typically what they'll do is they'll mix in some truth and and mm-hmm. then uh, stir in some lies. So if you're getting 90% truth and 10% poison, you're still getting poisoned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really the more I the more I learn, the less I know. It's just absolutely amazing i'm um again you know i'm not into so much the ghost hunting and everything um though i did go on a uh quote-unquote ghost hunt um with a house that that was built and you know that that was a cool thing i enjoyed that but but you know what you don't see when when they put them on tv is the fact that you know they put an hour show um and and you know it took six hours of material to make the one hour show, which you know, and standing in the dark in a cold house was not that much fun. But uh, you know it 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 does it is kind of um, it's interesting. There is so much going on in this world that uh, it it kind of boggles the mind. And every time you think you know everything. You discover you know nothing. Yeah, and then you're open to a whole new vista of reality that changes everything. I I try not to operate from a fixed paradigm. I mean, there's certain things I'm certain of, but uh, for the most part, you know, what it all means and how it works out and the the nature of it – what I tell people is, you know, when when I have somebody telling me this is the way it is and we're going to – the economy is going to crash, it's going to be terrible and all this stuff. And I say, well, you know, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know, uh, I, but I do believe that we have some influence on that. So why don't we put out good energy and say, well, you know, perhaps this is a possibility. What can we do um, to avoid um, that? And, and how can we use our creative energy to improve things? And, uh, but I don't pretend to know, man. I just, I'm just, just an acolyte here, man. Well, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I, I have to admit the the more I work with all of the stuff out there, the more I, I get so excited that, you know, it's kind of like, is there enough time in the day? to to really look into all of this stuff and to 
um, get an understanding of it so you can kind of incorporate it into everything that you are and everything that you do. And it's, it, it's, it's fascinating, especially with, you know, the different um, people that I've interviewed from, from my, for Nightlight. It's, it's, you know, it, it's all, it adds another dimension. It adds another level of, of the amount of the wealth of knowledge that I can, you know, draw from so that I can give out things that are appropriate here and there to people. And some of the trivia is, is just fascinating. Um, you know, worthless, but fascinating. <laughs> For instance, we have 46 chromosomes, right? Right. Do you know how many chromosomes a potato has? More? 48. Two more, okay. <laughs> which, which makes you, you wonder about things, you know? Well, some people believe that uh, our chromosomes were intentionally truncated by an extraterrestrial race to keep us limited um, uh, for a variety of reasons, you know, primarily uh, to keep us under control. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, it's an interesting idea. Well, it seems to me that a collar would have been easier. <laughs> um, no, well, I, but, the, but the thing is, we are at a point not – I'm, you know, the point that we're at right now is – I mean, if you're looking at a multiverse, there there are – Versus the out there where we are brilliant and walking on water, and others where we are digging in the mud for bugs. So it's it's sort of like you, you kind of sit back and you just you wonder where we're you know a consciousness wise we think we are becoming enlightened, but. Are we, or or have the? If you look at, the, there have been at least five different times that that Earth has had total, dis, you know, extinction, and so five different times for sure we have started from a single cell and and grown into where we are right now, and you know, is are we as enlightened as we can be, should be, will be, or have been? I don't know. I, you know, every now and then you look at it all and you think, well, obviously we've been further along at some point in time or the structures that we see around the world couldn't have been made. Well, like yourself, I'm incredibly fascinated to learn all these things. Um, and I feel that now it's kind of like the veils are coming off. It seems like a lot of information is coming out. Um, that that has been hidden, and uh, so I just wonder where it will go. As far as will we ever reach enlightenment, or are we? Uh, man, I don't even know. Uh, all I can say is, on a scale that goes from zero to infinity, I know I'm on there somewhere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to move forward. You know, as best I understand, I'm trying to uh, really um, listen uh, to my own guides and and connect uh, with my my own higher self. Um, to really get, uh, hopefully, to do what I came here to do, and uh, with the full knowledge that I could be totally making mistakes. <laughs> well, you know that's the trouble. And but no, I don't think so. I, I really believe that that we are crawling along as we're supposed to. I, I, you know, if if indeed 
consciousness was expanded tremendously, would we be able to, you know, all in one thing, you know, like you said before, a switch thrown, um, would we be able to handle it? Because when you look at some of the technology that we've supposedly gotten by reverse engineering um, that has enhanced our, our jump in technology, at least, do we handle it well? Uh, the, the, the atom bomb, um, we certainly didn't handle that well. And now that we have nuclear energy and, and can use it as a weapon, it's frightening. I don't think we're mature enough to have weapons of that, of that caliber. Yeah. And they've, who knows what they've got on the uh, black ops side, uh, some people say it's 10 to 20 to 50 years in advance. We don't really know. We do know that um, Ben Rich, uh, I think it was CEO of Lockheed, um, uh, in one lecture, uh, he said to the audience, we have the energy to take E.T. home. We have the technology to take E.T. home. And uh, your point is very well taken. And I don't believe uh, it's like an, we can, in an eye blink, go to, uh, you know, transcendental consciousness or whatever term you want to use. I, I just mean we could collectively choose to start making this a better place and loving each other because we, we've got really all the tools we need uh, to fix the problems we're facing, but we don't have the consciousness to. And I think in in even though we can point to uh, J.P. Morgan um, – Thwarting, you know, pulling out the funding uh, for Tesla's Waldencliffe Tower that would have been really limitless, nearly free energy. You mm-hmm. really just needed to start the thing up, and once it was oscillating, uh, 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 it was drawing electrons from the ionosphere and would have, you know, <laughs> the only limit to the uh, power would have been how big the coils are. <laughs> exactly. So at the turn of the century, we could have had free energy, but I think at a consciousness level, we weren't ready for it as a as a as a you know a group consciousness. But I think we're getting there, and I'm hoping we will start to see some of that technology really break. Um, and this, I've asked the audience at times to do. Let's do a mass consciousness experiment. You know, let's take a moment, everybody, and just say that uh, you know, if it be for the highest good, may we move into you know a better place with. Uh, uh, and I think it's about owning our own spiritual power. Uh, my movement, of course, is Occupy Yourself, of which I'm the only member. <laughs> but, but, but the point of that is to, to take back our power, uh, take back our spiritual power from those that would oppress us, take back our power of our purse, our currency, which also, of course, involves energy, you know, electricity and uh, transportation, all the things that require energy. Um, uh, and, and I believe we can do that, and that's what I mean by doing it in an eye blink. Is if we can just just all decide, hey, let's let's quit playing this game, homie. Let's uh, you know, uh, let's let's move forward uh, together and make this the the place it can be. The the wonderful. I mean, this is an incredible planet, and we're wrecking it up right and left. Well, uh, I think the you know, if it comes to the planet or us, the planet's going to win. Um, oh yeah. It's it's wiped us out a couple of times. I mean, they have they have documented at least five um, extinction events that have happened to the planet. So, have you ever watched? There's a there's a an amazing video on YouTube called Home, Mm-mm. and um, 
it is probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And it talks about the planet and, and how rich it is and how, how much the, there is of it that, you know, when you, when you look at our, you know, what we've done to it and, and everything, it, it's, it's a very positive, hopeful, uh, documentary and i recommend that everybody look at it because the the graphics on it are just absolutely mind-boggling and they actually show how uh there are so many there's so many areas of the planet that that have little or no habitation yeah you know we have overcrowded most of it mm-hmm. and and you know the rest of it is is still vir- it's still virgin and and you know you get to the point where you know you think we are crammed and and we are overcrowded and 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 everything and yeah we are but mostly we're we're crammed and overcrowded on the coastlines that's right in waterways yeah i mean it's it's not it's not the total planet but but um this this um this video has been out there for a while, and it's just absolutely outstandingly beautiful. And you, you, you can sit back, you can watch it, and you can, you, it, 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 it's, it's amazing. I'm looking for it now so I can stick it in the chat, at least to you. Um, I, I can post it in the chat room, or Tom can. Uh, yeah, post it in the chat here, and we'll uh, copy and paste it into, into uh, the Revolution Radio chat room. Okay, yes. it's it's just an amazing. Um, let me see if I I think that's it. If it's not, enjoy whatever it is. Um, it is entitled home though, so I think that's it. It's um, it's it's it it goes it it it, it takes you from from the creation of the earth and it it, it it's. It's beautifully, beautifully done. So I, I hope that's it. <laughs> you know, the Mother Earth is so incredible. Uh, the, the the wonders, you know, uh, we got um, Steven Spielberg, you know, between doing movies like Avatar, he's going deep sea scuba diving and creating films about the just the, the wonder and the majesty of nature. Mm-hmm. And, and we see in nature life. It just everywhere, uh, from the Arctic uh, to volcanic vents, um, life will form in extreme conditions, which we didn't think, uh, you know, originally there could be. And sure enough, when they look, there it is. Uh, and I think the whole universe is like that. It, it's my opinion. I kind of have a believe in panspermia, uh, you know, that life actually seeds from stars to stars and that anywhere life can form, it will. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, so I think we're heavily populated, and I think there's a lot of them visiting here right now. A lot of them are just watching us. Uh, a lot of them view us as a as a kind of a farm and are harvesting. You know, I was abducted myself, and they harvested DNA from me and uh, put an implant in me. And then, uh, but I think there's many that are just watching this. I, I think we've really got tickets to the big show. We have a wonderful opportunity. You know, the greatest achievements can only happen under the greatest challenges. And, and boy, we sure got that for us right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very true. It's it's just, um, you know, I, I, I agree with you about um, challenges and 
I think kind of taking another look at that too is, you know, every every tragedy is just a miracle that's been misinterpreted as well. Well, I don't think we would grow were we not faced with challenges. Uh, if everything was just handed to us, uh, I probably would have never learned to play guitar or um, tried to develop my own self, uh, you know, physically and emotionally and mentally. Uh, you know, if everything was just handed to me, I don't think I would have. Uh, uh, of course, in my case, I really felt like I was up against a wall. I, I was so distraught emotionally that I knew I just had to. Um, I had to do inner work uh, to mm-hmm. become complete, and it's a journey. It's like you said, every time you know you think you, yeah, I would do past lifetimes and go, oh wow, I think I finally got it, and then more stuff would come up, and you know now I'm at the point where it's just a, a continuing uh, journey into this uh, in- magical mystery uh, of exciting um, opportunities to grow. Uh, well, I, th- I think, too, you know, you've got a handle on something that's really, really important. And, and, and I really think that, that you know, I, I want to kind of build on it. You've used the, the element of creativity to help you to expand your consciousness. And that's something that's very, very important. And so many times um, people who, who are stuck feel like, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't, I'm hitting my head against a brick wall. And and the reality is that they aren't doing anything creative in their life. And because of that, they've closed down their creative channels. And it's through those creative channels that spiritual energy can manifest within reality. So that, so that by taking away all of the creative endeavors, you stop the potential for for spirit to to touch into your life and when you do that then you become one dimensional and black and white and as soon as you open those channels by by doing creative things um then then you become three four and five dimensional and and it's technicolor and you don't have to be talented you just have to take joy from the element of creation I so encourage people to have some type of a creative outlet and don't be judgmental about it and say I'm not that good or, you know, uh, even uh, somebody, you know, guitar is a very fun one because it's very transportable. Um, I used to take my acoustic 12 string up hiking up on mountains and stuff, (laughs) even though it was a real pain. uh, I just couldn't, you know, it's just so fun to be out there in nature and and, kind of connect. But it really does, um, uh, we need that. that to nurture that creative part of us, and I think your point about it, um, you know, uh, really being nurturing uh, emotionally and helping us move is is so so good. I I've had times, you know, I used to to perform in bands. Um, I'd like to put one together again, but I've got a lot on my table right now. But at some point, I want to do that again uh, because when you're up in front of an audience, uh, you get this uh, when you're really connecting. Um, you know, hopefully you're in a good band and people are enjoying it. Uh, but I've had moments where I'm just watching my fingers move and I go like, this is, I, I don't even, I, I didn't know I could play like this. And I, I really am aware that it's not, I'm just being a vehicle. Um, uh, I'm really aware that uh, it's the audience's energy uh, that's just driving this. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and it's so fun. It's It's like the, 
the best high there is. Exactly. And, you know, it's, I mean, I'm not, you know, it's not even saying, you know, you're good or not. I, I know that um, I painted Mandela's for a long time and I, you know, I'm not an artist, but I had, I took such great joy from it that, that it, it was in, in a way it took me into another zone, another level of consciousness. It was a, a time where I could, I, I literally got inspiration just, you know, out of the ether. And yeah. I tell, I tell people, you know, just color, uh, you don't have to be great. You just have to take joy out of being creative. And you can make sandcastles. You can garden. You can take engines apart and put them together. When you get into a creative energy of any sort, that's when magic happens. And so many people, when, when things get hard, things get tough, they put all their creative stuff aside until they have time to really be creative. And the reality is then they're taking inspiration out of their life. It really translates into other areas of your life because I find uh, as my as I do it, my intuition improves. It's like I'm connecting with this other the source that's um, higher than myself. And so then when I'm doing some kind of work, like I'm building something or fixing something, all of a sudden I'll just know, oh, do it this way. Oh, thank you. You know, <laughs> I just have to thank yeah. wherever that, that came from. But it's the, it just makes things, life so much easier. And I operate more on an intuitive nature now than I ever have. And I've consciously tried to uh, nurture that. And I would encourage everybody to pick up a guitar or piano or, or pencil and paper and, and don't judge it and just try to do it you know hopefully every day but at least weekly you know just and don't don't feel you know when i was learning guitar i for a long time i thought i'm just not getting any better and then a month ago by and i go oh i am better you know cause it takes time uh you're kind of rewiring the brain a little bit um and you will see the fruits of that if you can keep at it even if it's just for a couple of minutes a, a day yeah and it doesn't you know and i think the other the other important thing is not to judge you know, if you're having a good time, I love to sing. I do not have a voice, but I love to sing. And when I was much younger, I remember joining the church choir um, because they had to take me, and um, they would just put me—they <laughs> would just put me, but, but you know, next to the loudest singer they had, so that I was—they drowned me out. Um, but I got such joy out of it. It was such a high to be a part of something that sounded so phenomenal. And, you know, I knew I had no voice, but but just to be in that energy and to add my voice to it and have my voice not ruin it, um, you know, there, there, were, there were no aspirations here to do solos or anything like that because I knew I couldn't sing. But I was a part of something that was magical and beautiful, and, and in spite of me, it was magical and beautiful. <laughs> It, that is so fun. When I was in college studying music, uh, I would I would get in the choirs, and I actually got into one of the more advanced ones. Not because my vocal quality is not that great, but um, I, I was able to be on pitch sufficiently to to advance into the the. And, and so you got you got about a few hundred of us, you know, a uh, hundred 
you know, maybe 80, something, something like that, is very large uh, uh, choir singing these Bach and uh, Mozart and Beethoven uh, mm-hmm. choral pieces. That oh, was so fun. Oh, gosh, yeah. I, I mean, I can, we went into New York City. I, I was in a good youth choir, and we went into New York City, and we sang at a couple of the larger churches there. Wow. And, um, fun. oh, my gosh. Gosh, I bet the, the sound high. was great too in those type of buildings, isn't it? Is the it acoustics? Am- oh yeah, it was amazing. Except yeah. they were the older churches, so they had no heat. Uh-huh. So uh, <laughs> it would be cold. Yeah, I mean they were they were built and assuming that it would be a packed house yeah. and the body heat would would heat you. Be sufficient, I mean, right? Yeah, when when Patrick did um, Ancient Aliens, they they had him come go down to one of the older churches in New York City, and they filmed him there. Wow! And it had it, it had no heat. <laughs> Did they have a big pipe organ accompanying you? Um, when I was singing in the choir, yes. When Patrick was doing Ancient Aliens, no. <laughs> I know that's uh, that's what I meant. I love the sound of the pipe organ. Oh, yeah. No, amazing. Well, and, and the biggest one I've ever heard was, of course, Radio City Music Hall, which is just, I mean, that can really rock the rafters. By the way, Jerry B. is uh, in the chat room making some comments, and he said, and it's kind of irritating me, he said, my alien girlfriend is there making him dinner. <laughs> I'm teasing, of course. Jerry likes to tease me about that. Uh, can, she, can she cook? So I'm I'm pretending to be mad at him <laughs> and oh, jealous. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think you, you have you have almost too much fun with that chat room. It is a growing community. It really is, and the chat is only half of of uh, the experience. The rest would be the awesome shows. But <laughs> you know, actually, the 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 people the the hosts that are here on on Revolution Radio. Are, are just amazing people. I've, I've had an amazing time listening to a lot of them and, and actually, you know, being able to join some of them too. Uh, it's been quite, quite an education. It really is a balanced group. Just about anything people are looking for, they can find. Um, you know, I think the only thing we don't have is a cooking show, which has been bandied about a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when um, I, I, I did a show on uh, Blog Talk Radio for about seven years, and I I I would always know when I had the uh, chat room with me or not. You know, if I started to see recipes going up in the chat room, I know I was in trouble. Because um, <laughs> from time to time, they the chat room would take on a life of its own. Oh yeah, and that's what happens here. I I I try not to not to try to follow it because, of course. It's a chat room for for A and B, so you never know what who they're talking about. Except occasionally there are comments, and uh, I used to never be able to follow the chat uh, because I had to concentrate so much. But now I'm more relaxed, and I do try to keep my uh, one eye on it from time to time. And so if people have comments or uh, uh, queries for the guest uh, that we can relay them. Yeah, that's what I figure the producer is for. Right, and and my producer is great. She does keep an eye on, on the chat room and everything else. So I am very very fortunate that I talked a good friend of mine into becoming a, a producer, so that I had a regular producer for the show. Mm-hmm. 
I, I tend to think we try and both watch the chat room. I'm a little creeped out at, at this point by Batman's big eye post uh, on there. <laughs> I, it's That's like Rocky Horror Picture Show scary for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you have an advantage over me. I refuse to look. Because then I'll be reading it and I'll forget what I'm talking about. Because that, that, that can happen easily, too. <laughs> It is all too easy. I do want to say we have about nine minutes and 37 seconds left, um, roughly, in the show. And if you would like to call in real quick on a comment on uh, anything that we've heard or that you've learned tonight from Mr. Long, please do so. Uh, area code 347-688-2902. Um, and if that doesn't work, there's a special number, but you have to pay me to get it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you'd like to uh, mention in the closing minutes, uh, Barbara? Um, yeah, well, I've I've plugged my show. I've plugged the Star Star Points um, group, which is lots of fun. And if you want to do it too, Keith, you just send me you know your information, and I will happily plug you into it. I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, actually, you know, I got lots of great people coming on the show. I have Frank Joseph coming on and I'm so thrilled with him. It's unbelievable because he's been a favorite author of mine forever. Um, What's this, uh, what uh, type of uh, material does he cover? Oh my gosh. Atlantis, Lemuria. Uh, I, I got really excited that he agreed to come on the show and his current book is on dolphins. Wow. Um, and, and, uh, that fascinates me because a very long time ago, I was part of a group who were doing, uh, with the Mystic Aquarium, we were doing um, studies of communication with the dolphins. And um, it was very interesting. And, and I, I was very excited about it. Um, I wasn't really reluctant to get into a tank with the dolphins until they said they that we had to learn to do scuba diving because we were going to go deep ocean and that that's where um i parted company with them (laughs) (laughs) well that and the fact that um we were to keep copious notes and that that we weren't allowed to use our own notes to publish anything that they it was their possession and i said you know i yeah I wouldn't go for that either. If, if they're trying to, I mean, that's that's kind of sounds overly possessive to me. It was, and and it was sad because I really um, I, I was enjoying it. So so I'm gonna I'm fascinated with reading his book on the dolphins and and seeing you know if if it it kind of corresponds to what we were getting at that time, twenty thirty years ago. So um, it, it's, you know, he's one of the biggies for me because I've, I've read a lot of his books and he's an amazing author and I'm really excited that, and he's a cat person too. So uh, I'm very excited about that. And I have Robert Sullivan coming on. He's written his second book on, on cinema sin- symbols. And, uh, yeah, I've got a, I've got, you sent me his contact once and I'd never follow through with, I'd love to get him on. He did uh, talking about the Wizard of Oz, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's it, it's fascinating. And, and if you really want to be fascinated, um, he has a, a a comparison he does between the life of of Elvis Presley and the life of Jesus Christ. Wow, that are that are just amazing, and and it's not irreverent. He just shows how the symbolism is there in Elvis's life that compares his life to. Um, to to Jesus, 
Not he's not saying that, that that Elvis was a reincarnation of Jesus. He's just comparing the symbols that were present in both. Well, John Lennon got a lot of heat for saying that the Beatles were more popular than Jesus, and he said, "Look, I'm not comparing myself to Jesus. I'm just saying that to, in popular culture." And uh, but I've noticed that too. They're using that archetype a lot in in movies. You see a lot of um, characters with the initials JC. Um, uh, John Connors of Terminator and John Carter of Mars, and uh, mm-hmm. you see these type archetypes being used. And well, well, Robert, you know his his theory philosophy is that we're born with those archetypes already in our DNA. Mm-hmm. So that so that when we see it, we recognize the theme and the storyline and things like that, and and how um, people, movie producers, and everything. Um, use symbolism to trigger in our consciousness certain emotions and things. And and if you read his books, you'll never look at a movie again in the same way because you can you can see where the triggers are. You can see how they're using either movie or scenery or time frame or whatever to to get you into a mood or a level of consciousness to be more. Um, susceptible to what they are going to be presenting to you. It's really, it's profoundly, um, it, it's it's really cool. It's incredibly sophisticated uh, how they assemble movies uh, from the screenwriters and producers. It goes to uh, really deep levels uh, of what they're how they're wanting to manipulate uh, people's consciousness. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and they do a brilliant job of it. Yeah. And and it's it's really you know you kind of you and and I I really wanted him to do Avatar and I wanted him to do Interstellar too because the symbology in both of those movies are it is just remarkable. I think it's only going to get even better and crazier at the same time. But we're about to hear the end music, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us this week, Miss Long. Oh, my pleasure. Right on. Um, again, we'll we'll have you on. Please catch her show. Uh, plug it real quick one more time for any listeners. Um, it's Nightlight at 10 o'clock on Monday nights. Studio, Studio. B. There we go. <laughs> yes. Um, again, thank you for, for, for tuning in, guys. Click that Donate and Support tab. Help keep us on the air. We're not getting – they're not getting paid. I'm getting paid if you want that number, but they're, no one's taking money <laughs> yet. Oh. 100% volunteer. We are uh, uh, tithing, but it's a real joy. Listen, Barbara, what a joy to have you on. I, I'm so grateful that you came on. I only asked you yesterday, so it was very short notice, and you're so gracious to, to join us then. We'll talk to you all soon, everybody. See you next time. Have a great weekend, y'all.
this commune. We take it in turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a civil majority in the case of purely internal affairs. Be quiet. But by a two-thirds majority in the case of more... Be quiet. I order you to be quiet. Look, you stupid bastard. You've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look. It's just a flesh wound. I don't believe I've seen such a display of courage, skill, nerve, grace, and stupidity. I'll do you for that. What? Come here. What are you going to do? Bleed on me? I'm invincible. You're a loony. The Black Knight's always triumph. Roundtable Live, Monday through Friday, 1 a.m. till 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Bring your mind, bring your ideas, bring your voice. King Arthur had nothing on us. Here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. Is your data safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. Over 3 gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a mega virus or a computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that matter. Are your banking records safe in your hands so when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records, addresses, phone numbers? Well, squeeze on over to freedomslips.com. Yes, that's www.freedomslips.com. Click the banner on the homepage for the EMP proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer. So, folks, keep your data safe for your peace of mind. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us, we're already here. This is the People's War. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning! Warning! We gotta stop us! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings! Time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious! Makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, by all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to win the day to the people who run it, to the people who own it. That unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of Freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine revolution radio where information never sleeps you called down the thunder well now you've got it you tell them i'm coming and hell's coming with me you hear hell's coming with me revolution Ladies 
and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. On the go? Still want to listen? Don't have one of those fancy phones with too many buttons. Don't know what an app is? Or you don't even care? Well, we got you here at Revolution Radio. Now you can dial in 24-7 to listen to our shows. We have a number for Studio A and Studio B. And best of all, it's free. Don't forget, your carrier charges for your cell phone provider may apply, though. So check with your cell provider to make sure. So ready? Here you go. Get a pen. Here's the number. Studio A is 712-432-6958. And Studio B is 716-748-0112. Thank you very much for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station in the world. Take a look around, kid. What do you see? Homes being foreclosed. People working two, three jobs just to put food on the table and still drowning in debt. Don't get me wrong. This country is founded on great ideals and principles. They've all been ruined by the banks. Open your eyes to the banks that are robbing you. You know who my favorite president was? Who? Thomas Jefferson. Because he saw all of this coming and tried to stop it. He fought the banks. JFK too, and they killed him for it. The banking institution is more dangerous than an army, he said. He also said that every generation needs a revolution, Jimmy. The American dream is just that. Just a dream. War is a continuation of politics. Only by other means. Politics is a continuation of economics by other means. This is our bank. This is our war. And this is our plan of attack. Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the Internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution Radio! RevolutionRadioFreedomSlips.com be rolling on till 4 a.m. in the morning Eastern time. 
new ideas, different hosts every night, different subjects every night. You never know what's going to happen right here at the Roundtable Live. King Arthur has nothing on us. We're going round and round. Everybody, it's me, the Fetch, host of Inside the Eye Live. Before the Sunday mainstream media political pundit talk shows, there is Inside the Eye Live, where we break down some of the weekly mainstream media talking points before the talking points even get aired. Add in some entertaining stories, weather, cats, intriguing and informative guests, and you get one of the most listened to Saturday morning streaming media political talk shows going today. And it's all right here on our flagship station, Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. So join me, The Fetch, for Inside the Eye Live every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern. It is truly intelligent media for the politically aware. Every historian, Douglas Dietrich. You'll stay right where you are, like. 
I tell you to move out. Yeah, that's right. Tuesdays from 10 to midnight Eastern Time. Join Douglas Dietrich as he exposes the truth in hidden history on his show, Critical Omissions. And then our human weapon of mass destruction is back once again to take your calls on Saturday night firing lines. Both from 10 to 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Only on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. This is Thomas, a.k.a. a mad painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. UFOs to government corruption. This is Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, 6 to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are your hosts, Pamela and Claire, on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. Featuring the public law, trust, Lyme disease, and astrology. Witnessing those who harm and holding them accountable. Guess what? No more secrets. It's about time we snap out of it. This corporate government is a house of cards falling in on itself. The public law. Do no harm. The Divine Truth every Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time with Taj, Sarah Adams, and Nissa Norton. We present a genuine and authentic show with discussions and interviews with the people that matter in the alternative community. We ask the questions that nobody else will ask to the greatest minds of the alternative community every Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com in Studio A. We talk about everything from the Illuminati to the secret space program, multidimensional warfare, aliens and UFOs, mind control, and sacred hidden knowledge. The Divine Truth, exposing the truth without the fear every Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Revolution Radio. crazy dream about some folks who love this country who all began to dream the same dream and when the morning came there arose across this nation people thinking one and the same and 
they awoke to find their freedoms and all their liberties had gradually been taken away. And when they realized the danger to their posterity, I heard those patriotic people say, we want this country back. Hello folks, this is Maggie Rose McGrath, and this is Revolution Radio being brought to you here at www.freedomslips.com. Today is June the 19th, 2017, and we just had a Father's Day weekend. For those of you that are fathers and grandfathers and uncles and everybody in between, thank you for being there for the young men and women um, that we are trying to raise to be good citizens for those of you fathers that have now gotten your kids out of the household and on their own and um, setting forward with their life's adventures. Thank you again for, for being there for them, for all of us, actually. Um, it just about anybody can fa- be a father, but it really takes person being there from A to Z to be a dad. And so to all the dads out there again, I hope you had a wonderful Father's Day weekend. And for those of you that haven't become fathers or dads, uh, either through adoption or biological, you know what? Whatever you're doing out there, whatever service you're providing in the community, um, Father's Day weekend is for you too. So I know a few people that have never had children, Uh, either by choice or just it hasn't happened yet. And they say, well, you know what? This weekend is for fathers, but I'm not a dad. But you know what? Whatever you're doing in your community, you are giving. And so it's your weekend too. So I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. I know that the weather was very, very warm in some places. Uh, My husband and my son and I took my dad and we traveled out of state and uh, went to visit some distant cousins of his that one of them he hasn't seen for over 50 years. Uh, his cousin had uh, driven out from Florida, and we received the phone call from one of the remaining uh, three first cousins that my dad has and says, can you get here by Saturday morning? Um, one of our cousins has just arrived from Florida, and we are all gathering here, and we're going to have a big picnic and a barbecue, and can you bring him down? So we all headed out and there was probably about 50 people in attendance. So I want to thank all of you out there, uh, especially Jesse for showing me where to go to the grocery outlet so I could get some more ice and his little dog, Susie. And oh yes, I can't forget Bella. Uh, She was um, a tiny, tiny puppy, sort of a Chihuahua Jack Russell Terrier mix. And she was very adorable, very well behaved stayed on her leash, slept under the chair, uh, didn't make a ruckus. So we had like over 50 people there, a lot of them children, a couple brand new babies that both decided to show up in May, a week apart from each other. So it was a really, really nice family reunion for my dad and the cousin he hadn't seen in over 50 years. I mean, it was really nice to see them get together. And of course, we took pictures all the way around and It was a very, very warm weekend in some places um, around the country. 
uh, it was, uh, I understand the weather was uh, very windy and they were having some cool spells, but I know in some of the Western states, it was hitting 103 and 108. In fact, we even uh, swung by my father-in-law's and at one point it was 110 degrees in the shade. So hopefully you are all staying dehydrated, uh, keeping yourselves hydrated this weekend. I want to thank those of you that are tuning in to The Concord Show. As you all know, we have The Concord Show on Mondays and Tuesdays from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Revolution Radio and Studio A, where we are now. And Wednesday nights, we have The Concord Show in Studio B, and that's from 10 to midnight Eastern Standard Time, 7 to 9 Pacific Standard Time. This Wednesday, uh, we're going to be having... Marine, uh, former Marine Corps vet um, R. Guile, that's his nickname, and he happens to be a webmaster, a computer uh, guru, and in fact, he was one that was teaching me how to get up and do my webpage, which you can find at www.theconcordshow.com, www.theconcordshow.com, and he's going to be coming up with this on Wednesday evening. Uh, that way we will not get interrupted because usually when he tries to come up uh, Monday or Tuesdays, it's right in the middle of his work day. And uh, then he has to kind of drop everything and, and go running to take care of that. So he will be coming up with us on Wednesday evening and giving us an update of what's going on at Camp Liberty in Pahrump, Nevada. Now, for a lot of you, you know from uh, his having done an update with us live from Nevada a few weeks ago. He was there at Camp Liberty, and he met quite a few wonderful people while he was there, and he was able to get information to us that otherwise we would not have been able to get. And so we are just really grateful that uh, after his leaving Camp Liberty, that he headed back home to Oklahoma, and that from there he's going to be able to let us know kind of what happened, who he met, um, some of the interesting things that happened. He had some experiences that he was sharing with me that kind of gave us a closer view of what is really going on uh, inside and outside the prison system and who some of the key players are. So if you want to basically have some updated information and even have an ability, if you do, to be able to go to Pahrump, Nevada, I strongly encourage you to do it. Um, some people will be back there the end of June and first part of July. Uh, one of those is going to probably Roger Root, who's a paralegal. Um, I know Shauna Cox has been going back and forth there. Um, I think she's getting some really good information that she's able to get to a lot of the patriots out there, the community that cannot travel to Nevada. So she's going to be there. I think Gavin is going back. And I talked to uh, retired Staff Sergeant Mo, uh, Maureen, and she told me that she's up in Portland right now. And she's hoping to go back to Nevada when the situation in Portland uh, basically pans itself out. Now, let me kind of share with you what's going on in Portland right now. You all remember uh, Jason Patrick. Jason Patrick was the young man from both Washington and Georgia. And I met Jason Patrick when we were at Sugar Pine Mine Operation in Josephine County, Grants Pass, Oregon. And he basically provided the security and making sure that things were copacetic there at the vetting area. 
he was not all about media whoring like some other people were that came from out of state. When we all went to Oregon to help with the sugar pine mine operation to southern Oregon, uh, he was one of those that showed up in a suit and tie uh, every month, the gentleman, and making sure that the rules followed, that the regulations that we had set for making sure that everybody was safe and secure and that the mission was not compromised. Even when he had some people that were full of themselves, uh, getting up in his face and screaming and yelling at uh, people and bossing them around and saying, we are the leadership and you have to follow us. You know, you have to report to us. Uh, we can provide the security that nobody else can. He kept himself calm and cool and collect at all times. It was almost like you could see, you know, the stress just rolling off of him like water off of a duck. And I was very, very impressed, um, especially when one uh, little gal got up in his face and uh, basically was trying to throw her weight around to be like Mama Bear in charge of everybody. He handled it so professionally. And I'll tell you, you know, he went up so many notches in my respect uh, that day, and I barely even knew him. He then was at Mauer and was involved with providing some of the security outside the front gate when Lavoie Finnegan was assassinated by Washington, D.C. and by Governor Kate Brown in Oregon. And he handled everything, again, just like he always does, very professionally, very calm and very collect. And yet he was one of those that they decided to arrest, even though he was told that when he left the compound and others left the compound, that he would be left alone. But because somebody put him up on YouTube and people were putting him up on Facebook and the Fed saw his face right there and there, you know, in their view, they decide, oh, he's got, he's got to be one of the main leaders. So we're going to, we're going to break our word and we're going to take him down anyway. So he spent months in jail. And what was interesting is when he was there and then was finally released on his own reconnaissance, he would show up in court every day. And if there was a question or a problem and his attorney, for whatever reason, allowed, you know, allowed him to speak, the judge didn't like that. Because even when she was wrong, you don't dare let her know that your rights are being stepped on, that your due process is being violated. So of everybody there, she decided to take an instant dislike to Jason. And everybody saw it. Let me give you an example. My husband was there for this one. When they opened up the court, and usually it started roughly between 8 and 8.30 in the morning, one day... Jason Patrick did not make it there right exactly when she opened up the court because he was on the train trying to head there. So he was a few minutes late. The prosecuting district attorney also was late, very late. And even on occasion, the jurors, they were late. But who does Judge Anna Brown decide to attack? Jason Patrick. Now, this is a federal judge. Like all judges, she should be fair. She should not do selective enforcement, should she? She could put out a warning order to everybody in the court. But no, she decided to go after Jason Patrick. 
And he explained to her that, you know, after he was arrested, that his cell phone was taken from him. And he did not go out and spend another $700 on a cell phone. And so he explained to her that he couldn't call the court because he didn't have a phone. She basically called him a liar. And he wasn't with anybody else that had a cell phone when he was on the train heading to downtown Portland. So he had no way to call her. And she basically was very threatening in the courtroom. Well, last week I got a text message from one of his family members telling me that they were going to court and the judge who had decided to send him back to jail uh, was going to consider letting him go, but on home uh, detention, you know, with the GPS monitor um, on his foot, on his leg. And I guess, accordingly, when they showed up, she started to jerk him around again. Anna Brown decided she was not going to allow him to go because she believed that he was not contrite, that he still had an attitude. Now, what that has to do with letting him go back home, and finally he was going to agree to a GPS, I don't know. But she just decided, no, I don't think I'm going to let you go. Um, I don't think that you are showing me that you feel sorry or remorse. Does he feel remorse? For cutting that little bit of bob wire that could have injured somebody. That little bit of bob wire they want to call federal property, right? I don't know. Should he feel remorse for being accused of and found guilty of conspiracy when he wasn't conspiring to bring harm to anything or anyone? No. I wouldn't feel sorry. The fact that that jury would have come back with the same decision that the first jury did in Portland with Ammon Bundy and Pete Santelli and Jeff Banch and the rest of those, this jury would have come back with the same decisions. But what happened was is that the judge would not allow them to have the evidence that could have cleared the second group of people, just like the same evidence that cleared the first group.
Many of you know that quote by Jack Nicholson and a few good men. You can't handle the truth. Well, you can, and Event Horizons will give you those truths. So when you're mad as hell and not going to take it anymore from that memorable senior network, you'll know just what to do. We will draw you in and become your news addiction at Event Horizons. Join us Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time at freedomslips.com at Revolution Radio. Our world team members are Dennis Fetcho, John Ilias, David Dunger, Hala Cass, MD, Melanie Richton, Jim Mars, Paula Harris, John Trallo, Maria Payan, Christopher Husser, DODDS, Jonathan Orchard, and me, your anchor, Dr. Robin Falco. not to volunteer, it will not be held against you in any way. Sounds dangerous. It is. Very dangerous. Count me in. That's right here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, where information never sleeps. Where am I? You are inside the source code. What is the source code? program random segments of code that have grouped together to form unexpected protocols this code you live by makes you predictable and our line of work predictable means vulnerable i can reach out and break you whenever i want you cannot alter this reality while inside the source code i'm asking you to have the decency to let me try you are listening to Global Synopsis with your host, Tony. 